getting a very spooky feeling about this place. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And they complained about time too about not playing the D&D. It was feast for all, and I heard him say he bought my Borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick, 'cause you're incapable. Hey, Hello and welcome to Keep Off The Borderlands. My name's Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and today I've got a brief overview of a game I picked up recently and I'm very excited about. But, first of all, a podcast wouldn't be a podcast without a call from Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG. Variety cast. Take it away, Jason. Hey, Spencer, Jason here. Maybe you should be nice to your callers. So, as you may remember, I was I have the Arduin trilogy, the Arduin Grimoires by Dave Hargrave, and I was reading them for a while on my podcast. Well, in the first volume, volume one, page eighty, we start having new monsters. And when we look under those percentage, those monsters, we do see a percentage liar. So the air shark, for example, percentage liar, too stupid to. The blue bellower is too stupid to lie. The um, boogeyman liar is 100%. The dendodoth is a 90% liar. The doom guard is... No percent liar, no intelligence. The emerald ooze is not intelligent. Well, let's just skip around here. The um, ooh, the gray horror is a ninety-eight percent liar. The hell horse is a ninety-five percent. The hell maiden is a ninety percent. The um, huh? I don't see it for the ghost crab. I guess he doesn't lie. Um. Oh, feints are—they never lie because your feints are like Doctor Spock kind of, right? Red Fang, sixty-five percent liar. So anyway, oh, Thunder Bunnies are a hundred percent liar. Um, Thunder Bunnies are pretty tough creatures, actually. Um, oh, anyhow, so I—I th- I thought I'd read that to you. I thought you might find that interesting, but so the—you know—this is a book from the seventy from the mid-70s, and was basically a home setting for D&D. Yes, I know that the percent liar was a typo, but as you can see here, obviously... I Now, that said, the Arduin Grimoire also, also has things like the BART ring, Bay Area Rapid Transit ring that makes you run fast. So there's a lot of humor in the Arduin Grimoire, and I think they saw that typo for percent liar and um, decided to have fun with it. So they put that in their monster entries. But it is kind of interesting that, um, you know, you bring up the percent liar thing and or your caller brings up percent liar thing. I'm sorry. And then when we look in the Arduin Grimoire, 
maybe the first home setting that was published professional, well, widely published, we, we do see, you know, that stat is in there. So just thought that was an interesting tidbit. Thank you for that, Jason. That really is quite interesting, actually. And I'll have to go back and listen to your arguing episodes. Um, it's a setting I've heard a lot about, but I've never actually looked at any of the books. So it turns out our uh, Chris Banachek actually knows his stuff. But whether he played a role in putting that thing together, I still think we've got a bit of a thunder bunny on our hands. Thanks for your call. So I've spoken a little bit before about my extensive collection of PDFs. And over the past year or so, I have made a few physical purchases and getting myself a little a little collection of games here. So I've got about half a shelf's worth, which probably doesn't mean much considering you don't know how long my shelves are. But I may go into that collection in more depth when uh, some things that I've backed on Kickstarter begin to arrive and I'm going to have to rearrange things a little bit. But for now, I wanted to talk about a book I picked up the other week, the Free League Nordic Horror role-playing game, Vaisen. Now, the way that the word Vaisen is written in its native Swedish, the A and the E are conjoined, uh, which, as I understand it, is pronounced as an extended E sound, so it's air. So it should be pronounced Vaisen which to me sounds like I'm just saying it with a Yorkshire accent, Vaisen. I will, I will no doubt flip back and forth between pronunciations. I'm not going to bother pulling myself up about it because otherwise we'll be here all day. What I want to talk about is the book itself and why I decided to buy a physical copy because, I mean, the thing is beautiful. It's full of wonderful images. It's, it's really nicely produced. The cover of the book itself is a, a nice sort of matte, almost like a fabric finish to it. And I, I actually saw this pop up on Kickstarter shortly after backing the Alien game. And I couldn't really justify myself backing another free league game um, in such a short space of time. While the setting itself really appealed to me and the, arts, the art style of the book, I mean, in fact, the setting is based on an art book, a book itself called uh, Versen, full of illustrations of these wonderful, bizarre creatures of Nordic folklore and legend and that book is what inspired the game um, do we need another horror game well what's interesting about this is it is different from say Call of Cthulhu 
in the sense that the creatures that you're dealing with, the horrors, are primarily the product of human behaviour, almost kind of a a side effect of industrialization and humans turning their back on the old ways. And the word vase in itself in Swedish means creature, but it does have kind of a more sort of supernatural connotations to it. So it's like um, a, a spirit creature, I guess. Um, as a player, you... You play someone who can see these creatures because they're not visible to everyone. And uh, these creatures, they are sort of amoral. They are just trying to exist. But human activity is kind of encroaching on their world and they are reacting to that. And you play an investigator who is seeking to essentially solve these problems. So unlike Call of Cthulhu, these creatures aren't beyond human comprehension. They're not kind of cosmic horrors that are uh, a threat to human existence. These are creatures that are attempting to live alongside humans and your character is part of an organisation called The Society. As an investigator, it's your job to get to the bottom of what is causing the the Vason to behave in the way they're behaving and hopefully resolve the issue. And um, yeah, it's set in the... Uh, the 19th century, uh, which is appealing in itself, to me at least. And the way the book is written as well, something I've said before is that I'm not huge on uh, books that are full of lore and background and all that. The way this is written is, it's very concise. It's quite clear and direct and it focuses on how the game is going to feel. Uh, much of the flavour is conveyed through the art. Uh, you know, I picked this thing up and I just thought, I want to read this from cover to cover. I'm going to uh, draw a line at reading through the entire bestiary because I um, I hope to be able to play the thing and uh, essentially that's where all the spoilers are. Your job as an investigator is essentially finding out about the, the nature of the creature that you're dealing with, what is going to either get rid of it or um, pacify it or whatever, what's going to bring an end to the conflict. The suggestion is it's quite often down to the behaviour of humans in that particular area that are giving rise to the problem. So, um, yeah, it just feels like a 
quite a different take to me. And um, yeah, it's just a, a really lovely book, and it's it's sitting here wanting to be read and wanting to be played. And I know I've heard uh, Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast talk about the fact that he's not a fan of the system itself. And I kind of understand that because probabilities of success within the system are not good. You're rolling D6 dice pools and sixes are successes. So even if you're rolling 5d6, the chances of success are pretty slim. So it's quite a tough game in that respect. What I do like is that they've taken the stress mechanic from the Alien game and tweaked that so that it fits in with this setting. So rather than you accruing stress, you take on conditions which will have some negative impact primarily it's just a very beautiful book and uh, a lovely thing to have and um yes i do hope to play it and well the elephant in the room is um well maybe you should run it and uh well there's that too so that's Verson Nordic Horror Role-Playing, written by Knowles Hintz, and uh, based on the work of Swedish illustrator John Egerkrans. Apologies to any native speakers or people who just understand how to pronounce things. But there you go, very interesting book. And I think, you know, if I do get round to running it, I'd be tempted to transpose it to uh, the UK, to Scotland in particular, the other Mystic North, uh, because I've been getting very interested in folklore. Essentially, that's grown out of um, the stuff I've been looking at with regard to the alluvial plain setting where I was looking at shamanism and early pagan beliefs which has led to reading stuff that would lend itself very nicely to Verson. so there you go well that's about enough for me I think thank you very much for listening Thank you so much for your calls. If you want to leave me a message, please contact me via the anchor link in the description. You can always email me or leave me an audio message at spencer.freeforall at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page for Keep Off The Borderlands. You can find me on Twitter and MeWe on the Audio Dungeon Discord and various other places on Discord as Freethrall. I'd also like to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music he provides. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ.
Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.